Good morning. <clears throat> good morning. Praise the Lord. Man, it's good to see you this morning. Everybody's fellowshipping. Hey, it reminds me of that verse, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. How many of you got the joy of the Lord this morning? Rest of you will have prayer in a little bit. You can, I'm just kidding. Man, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'd rather wake up every morning with a joyful heart. I was singing that song to the kids this morning. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. They didn't know the song, so they didn't respond. They're supposed to go, where? Down in my heart. Where? So anyway, we'll have to teach them that song. But it's good to see you this morning. Hey, if this is your first time here, maybe your first time in a, in a while, we welcome you. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, feel free to join in and worship with us and just enter in this morning as we worship the Lord and we study his word this morning. Brother Duck is back again. He's got a word from the Lord for us, and we're looking forward to that. But first, a couple of announcements. Um, let me make a couple, and then Robin has an announcement about the Heart to Heart. Men's breakfast is the 21st this month at 8.30 in the morning, so be sure and come out for that. And we are starting a men's Bible study. I believe it will begin actually in February. Um, that, that will be, I think it's every, the opposite, like two weeks will be the men's breakfast and then the Bible study. And then, so it'll be every two weeks, there'll be a, a, a men's either breakfast or Bible study. And so we're looking forward to that. Uh, a lot of good things are going to happen there, I believe. Also, Primetimers, uh, the 28th of this month, meeting at noon in the Fellowship Hall. And someone this morning told me I was old enough, or at least I looked old enough to be in Primetimers. I don't know how to feel about that. But I think what they were saying is there's not an age limit, even young people like me. So if you want to come and, and join and, and, and have a, just potluck, I guess bring anything you want. That's what, that's what it means to me. Big pots full of food is what potluck means, and so, uh, but come out for that. And um, also, the youth are still selling calendars, and so if you hadn't got your calendar or you need another calendar, or you know somebody that does need a calendar, um, we're trying to get rid of them. Uh, the money goes towards camp. I registered 20 of our kids for camp on this past Friday, which is... which is a, a, a weird thing to have to register for camp in January, but that's, that's when it opens, and two of our camps already filled up. They filled up on Friday, so that's why we have to register so early, because, uh, and the others will be full probably in the next month or so. They'll all be full uh, by the end of February, I would imagine. That's why we register so early, because there's so many uh, camps, and that was only open to Oklahoma Assembly God camps, or churches, I mean. 
Uh, in two weeks, they'll open it to other churches that are not Assembly of God. They allow other, you know, that want to go to our camp. And so they reserved the first two weeks registration for just the Oklahoma Assembly of God. And so there'll be a lot more churches that want to go to our camp. There's a lot of churches that don't have a camp necessarily, uh, specifically for them that go to our camp. And so, um, but that's exciting. And so, uh, some of these kids, I know we have one family that has three kids that go to camp with us, and that's three times $155 that they have to come up with. And so that's why we're selling the calendars, and we do the Valentine's Banquet and some other things to help them, because uh, I know how that is. I've got a, a herd of kids of my own. So, but, uh, but we appreciate your helping that. But if you, if you want to buy a calendar, they're $10, and again, they go all the way through December. It's not a, you know, they're, they're a long time until they expire, so uh, you can still get a lot of use out of it, even though we're already a few days into it, so... Um, Robin's going to come. She's got, yes, she didn't want to get up here, but I I said, you know, get on the mic. Well, I just want to remind the women that, uh, this Tuesday night is our heart to heart meeting. And for those of you that don't know, heart to heart is a women's ministry we've had here at the church at least 30 years that I know of. And so I want to encourage you to come out. We, we eat, we pray. If you have a need, we will minister to you. We will pray with you and we will seek God's face for you. Also, we have a really special uh, speaker this month, uh, Tony Spradling. Uh, if you don't know her and you don't know her testimony, you do not want to miss out on the incredible things that God has done in her life. And she has promised me that she is seeking Uh, a word just for the women of our church for this Tuesday night. So I encourage you to come. I'd love, if you have friends, you don't have to go to this church. Anyone's welcome. If you have friends that you want to bring, uh, if you have people that you would love to, to see saved, our women know how to pray them through to salvation or and deliverance. And so I encourage you to come. We want to have a good turnout for her. She, uh, she's, like I said, she has an incredible testimony, and I know you won't want to miss it. Hey, man, I don't think she said this, but I think they're having soup and sandwiches. In this part of Oklahoma, we say sandwiches. Not sandwich, but anyway, so uh, they'll have a good time. Also, I wanted to announce tonight, following the service, there's going to be a, a short meeting, a Q&A. Uh, the, the board wants to address some things and, and uh, kind of fill you guys in on what's going on with uh, pastoral search and also the, the flood and everything and just kind of give you guys an opportunity to uh, uh, get some information on that as well. So be sure and come, come to church. And then hang out afterwards if, if you're curious about what's going on. It's uh, kind of a, just a basically informative meeting to let you guys know where, where everything is at at this time. So, um, and we appreciate them. Uh, if it, it, shake the board member's hand and tell them how much you love them. Appreciate them for everything they're doing. Y'all may not know this, but they meet at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. I know Wednesday night they were meeting before service, and, and I saw a light on in the church, and I kept run up here to see if maybe one of the classrooms on, and they were in their meeting after service as well. And and so uh, the, be sure and tell them how much you appreciate them and love them for what they're doing for us and, and all the work that they're putting in for us, because they really are, and we really appreciate them. So, um, But come out tonight if you have some questions or if you just want to kind of hear what's what's going on. So, um, so let's stand this morning. We're going to we're going to get past this business stuff and these announcements, and we're going to begin to worship the Lord. And I believe that starts right here. Amen. The Bible says, whatever's in the heart, the mouth will speak. And I want us to begin to speak out worship and praises to the Lord, because I believe that should be what our heart's desire is. Amen. I said that should be our heart's desire to worship the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's do that this morning. Father, we love you. 
Lord, we just praise you. We come before you once again in your house, Lord, to celebrate you, to celebrate Jesus, Lord, to just worship you, to lift you up and exalt you, God, because you're worthy of our praise. God, because you're worthy of our worship, because you're worthy of all that we have, God, because you love us so much. God, we could never repay you the love that you've shown us, God, by Jesus dying on the cross, by giving your all for us. But Lord, we come to you this morning with our praise, Lord, with our offerings this morning of, of worship to you, God. And we pray that you would just receive it, God, as a blessing from us. Lord, as we bless you and we lift you up, Lord, we invite you to come and move. Let your Holy Spirit stir in this place. God, fill us with your power. Fill us with your strength. God, fill us with everything that you have for us this morning. And we love you and we glorify you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout out your praise. 
started father it just overwhelms us God father we pray this morning that that overwhelming spirit would just rest on each and every one of us father father remind us God of the things that we should be thankful for that we overlook God father help us to never never neglect our praise God for you are worthy in Jesus holy name we pray amen
Cause you're the God of the breakthrough When I'm breaking down You'll be working a way through When there's no way out There's one thing I know You're still on your throne So whatever I'm feeling I've still got a reason to praise
bottom up and to the top I can't run away, your love will never stop With me in the morning, in the dead of night
love me when I'm lost. You love me till I'm found. Your love surrounds. It says I can't get away from God's love. Isn't that true today? Nothing you can do. Nowhere you can run can you get away from God's love. It says Jesus came because he loved us. God sent him because he loved us. The Bible says no greater love hath any man shown than to lay down his life for his friends. But we weren't his friends. We were sinners. And he still loved us. And we can't get away from that love. Amen. Aren't you glad to that this morning? If you're glad that, let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. This morning, we're going to go to the Lord with our needs. If you have a need this morning, if you just lift your hand up, no matter what the need is, the Bible doesn't say it has to be this or this. It just says he'll meet all our needs according to his riches. And that's not just financial. His riches, man, he's got healing. He's got deliverance. So if you have a need, just lift your hand up so we can see it. Look around and see somebody with their hand up right now. Let's just go before the Lord with those needs and, and the needs on our prayer list out there as well. Let's just take them before him right now. Father, you said that if we come, if two or more come together in your name and ask for anything in the name of Jesus, that you'll be there and you'll do it, Lord. And we pray right now, Lord, for these needs that are represented here. God, those on the prayer list. God, any needs that we have, we know that you'll meet, Lord, according to what you have. Lord, I can't meet these people's needs, but you can. And we pray right now, we stand on your promises, Lord, that you will come and you will touch lives right now. God, you'll send healing in the name of Jesus. You'll send deliverance in the name of Jesus. God, you'll restore finances. You'll restore families. God, you'll restore marriages. You'll restore relationships with children and grandchildren right now in the name of Jesus. Because you said you would and you're faithful to your word, Lord. We love you this morning. We thank you right now for the answers to prayers that we're going to hear about our testimony. God, we're overcomers by the word of, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony this morning, God. And we praise you and we love you for that. And we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If our ushers will come, we'll take up our tithes and offering at this time. Like I said earlier, some of you weren't in here. So if you weren't here earlier, I want to say it's good to see you this morning. We're glad you're here this morning. Amen. Uh, Randy, would you pray over the offering this morning, please?
We love the Lord this morning. Amen. And uh, privileged, uh, got mom to help me this morning. <laughs> Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Psalm 103.5. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40.31. Today I faced a mountain that I have no strength to climb. You ever been there? And the struggle of the journeys left me weak, both in body and in mind. But from where I stand to the peak is a distance on my own I cannot reach. So this journey of a thousand steps begins right here on my knees. Soon I'll soar like an eagle. I on wings of
Now, we may not be as fast as we used to be, but we still think fast. <laughs> My wife said the other night, she said, you know, we've been doing this a long time, and we have for 65 years, but after a while, you just kind of run down, and that's what we're kind of dealing with, but we hadn't quit running yet. <laughs> it's not as fast as we used to be. Uh, if you would allow me this morning, I'm going to invite you to go with me. We're going to take a drip. We're going to go back in time. Not only in time, but we're going to go to a very historical place. And I want you to go because if I just told you about it, it wouldn't mean as much as if you go with me and observe what happened at that place. And so that's what we're going to do here this morning, if you will allow me. I will explain and talk to you as we go along. This is going to be one of those special guided tours today that you may understand a little differently than you have before. Now, this is a story about a family. This family may be just like yours or mine or maybe someone else, but they're just people like you and I. And they might even have an accent in their Language, but they still are just people like you and I. That's what I have discovered. So I'm going to talk to you about this family. Uh, they are not, not what you'd call real classy people. They just are ordinary people. And I know how important it is to be that way. In fact, I have been to these people's house. And as I stood in their house one day, I looked around and I said, I hope that I can catch the emphasis of what happened with this family at a very special time. Now, this house, as I said, it's a long ways from here, so we won't make it this morning uh, physically, but mentally we hope to go visit there if you'll allow me. Now, this place is about, the scripture says, it's 15 furlongs from Jerusalem, but I don't know how long a furlong is, so I'm going to have to just recite what I, what I physically know because I've been there. I, I drove in a car from Jerusalem out to Bethany, which just took a short time. But now, if I had to walk, it probably would have been at least an hour that I would have had to truck over the hills and down the low places to get to that place of Bethany. And at Bethany, I went into the house. Now, it was not anything extra, just an ordinary house. Looked like all the other houses, except there was a worker out there working on the side of it. I guess it needed a little repair once in a while. And we were invited to go in, and I went in, and I looked around and I said, I can imagine what this was like when Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived here. And I tried to capture the moment, the feeling, the impact of that moment, but it's really impossible until you read the account. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Now that we're here at the house, I want to read to you the account. I want to follow it. Uh, word by word, I want to lift, get a hold of the emotion of what was going on there. And you're going to see that. 
And I trust that by the end of this message that you will catch the same spirit that was there when they were there and what happened to them in this story today. I'm reading this. It's recorded in the Word of God in the Gospel of John chapter 11. But I'm only going to kind of pick along the way as I go. So we're not going to read a real story. I'll just tell it to you. Is that all right? And then if we need to read it, I'll read it to you. But this is a story about Martha and Mary. We've already met uh, Mary. You remember she was the one that seemed to love the Lord a little bit more. And Jesus many times was in their home and with them on other occasions. We have record of that. But now they knew that Jesus loved them and he did love them. But one day something has happened. I don't know exactly what it is, but what of the brother Lazarus is sick. You know, sometimes we don't always know what it is that's going on, but we know something needs to be done immediately. And they realized that unless they did something, Lazarus probably would not live. Medical science, such as it is, in that day probably was much more primitive than it is today. Where today the doctors can almost diagnose the moment that you come into the office what the problem is. But this is a different story in a different place in a different time. And they don't know how to diagnose what they really need to do. But there was something that was in their heart and it came forth immediately. For we read this in verse 4 of that chapter. In sickness was not upon death, but the glory and Jesus speaking this when they brought him word that Lazarus, your friend, is dying. That would be enough to cause you to panic, to begin to do something, try to get there as quick as possible, try to minister to him and the family. But verse 4 said, and Jesus, when he said that this sickness is not unto death, that's good news, isn't it? He's not going to die. But it said, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified. Now, let me ask you a very personal question here. What would you be willing to suffer or to give or to do that God would be glorified? That's exactly what they just said. Jesus said, now, he's not going to die. In a few moments, you're going to hear that he is going to die. But Jesus said he's not. He's not going to die because it's to bring glory to God. What would we do to see to it that we brought glory to God? What sickness would you bear? What things would you do? What places would you go? What would you say just to bring glory to God? Well, that's what Jesus here is talking about. And then the scripture says the messengers didn't get to him. And he started down, but when they came, he knew that he had been dead four days already. And Jesus didn't get any big hurry. Have you ever thought maybe if the Lord would just listen, we could get this thing through a lot quicker if you would just obey what I tell you to do? How many has ever asked the Lord to do something and give him all of the all of the conditions and circumstances, and it had to be done our way. 
but we didn't realize that the Lord wanted to bring some glory to the Father, huh? So that's what happened. The scripture said he tarried still in the same place. I don't know exactly where he's at. We know that this is in uh, down around Jerusalem. He could have been up around somewhere in the Sea of Galilee. Maybe he was some other distant point uh, that it would have taken a while for him to travel. It didn't take no four days because two of them, he just sat there and did nothing. Now that right there, wouldn't that tee you off just a little bit? <laughs> you won't know why you know what has to be done and why something's not being done. Now listen, this is not my story. This is a story that is to bring glory to God. It's going to be a little different. I would have told the story differently. I would have said Jesus would have spoke the word immediately over the airways and it would come down and uh, old Lazarus would have been instantly healed. That's the way I wanted to do it. I got a feeling that Martha kind of had that same thing in mind. But we'll look. We'll see what she says. And then Jesus said, let us go unto Judea again. Now the reason he said that because there's some problems going on in Judea. There's some folks down there, the religious sect that was upset with Jesus. You know everybody's not happy what Jesus is doing. Everybody's not on the same page. Everybody's not pulling in the same direction. I don't care what your church affiliation is. You still got to trust God. I've often said it don't matter what's over the name of the church. It's what's in our heart that makes the difference. It's not what we, what we have doc set down for our, our creed and our doctrine and all that. It's what we have with relationship with God, our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of all today. That's what's counting. That's what's important. And Jesus said, let us go to Judea. And they said, I don't think that's a good idea. And the disciples, even the disciples, was beginning to find a reason why this should not be. Have you ever sat down and let logic dictate your spiritual walk? Uh, sometimes our, our reasoning is not as good as our spiritual talk. We can talk a good game, but there comes a time when our talk dies out and our actions speak louder than what we're saying. Are you with me? Stay with me now. Don't leave me. This is going to get rocky before we get through. I want some flyers here this morning. I want some runners here this morning. I want somebody to hold my hand up this morning. Because I'm going to tell you, what I'm fixing to tell you is not logical. It's not sensible. It's not even personal. It's godly. And that's where we're going to go. We're going into a new avenue, a new place. We're going to see things. We're going to hear things. We're going to do things this morning that we did not plan to do, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Stay with me. And they said, Jesus, you know they don't like you. They've been already trying to get you. They've already tried to kill you. You want to go down there now? Well, then the Lord goes into a long dialogue, and I'm not going to read it because I can't even understand it myself. But the conclusion of it is, 
He does say this, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbles because there is no light in him. But then he goes down in verse 11. That's the following verse. And these things he said after he had, after he had saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Well, that sounds pretty good. I think any of us could kind of go along with this sleeping stuff, couldn't we? Uh, that's not out of our line of doctrine. We believe in sleeping too. And sometimes some of you may be trying it out right now. I don't know, but that's all right. I don't see that good, so you can get away with me. <laughs> Disciples went on and they said, Lord, maybe we all all, all sleep together. <laughs> Let's all sleep. And we'll do well if we can all sleep. Jesus said, oh, come on, guys. You don't know what I'm talking about. He spake, he said, I'm not talking about that. And then he said, I can see you guys got to have plain language. In verse 14, he just says, it's just straightforward. He said, Lazarus is dead. That's it. How'd you know about that? <laughs> he is dead. Well, he's dead. Let's come on. Let's own up to the facts. He's not sleeping. He's dead. That's what Jesus said. Well, now, I don't know. Some of you may believe in this sleeping, you know. I don't know. But he said he's just plain dead. That's all there is to it. I'm not going to try to make anything else out of it. I'm not going to try to flower it up and say he's having a deep sleep. He's dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. Are you with me? Yeah. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. Uh-oh. This is already, Thomas starts in, he said, Lord, I tell you, uh, let us just go die with him. Jesus. Oh. You still haven't got it, have you? Still struggling over this thing. Then Jesus came and he found him lying. And he found out he'd been there for four days in this grave. He's in the grave. I want to tell you, it's almost too late when you go bury him. I'm going to get down here. I want to see the white of your eyes. For I'm fixing to tell you some things that'll shock your shoes off. If you listen to me, it'll change your whole doctrinal beliefs. Because I'm going to tell you, Jesus, he got serious with him. He said, I'm telling you what, he's not dead. He's not asleep. I'm telling you, things are fixing to change around here. And Jesus is standing there, and he, he's, he's ready to go on. And all of a sudden, here comes Martha. <laughs> Don't you love, hate hypocrisy? Don't you hate people that tries to be spiritual when they're not? You can see right through it. Here she comes. She catches the Lord. Must have been out the edge of Bethany. I don't know where she found him, but she, she met him. She met, they was coming in, this disciples, and Jesus was coming. She went out and met him. And she stopped him right where he was at. And she said, now, Lord, I, I, I want to tell you, I sure wish there had been things been different, but she said, uh, Martha, Mary is over at the house, but you know me, I'm the spiritual one. 
I came out to talk to you first, to prepare you, to prepare you. And then it tells us, and Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, now listen to me. Martha, as soon as she heard, she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, if thou hadst to been here, my brother had, did you catch that? If you would have been here, my brother had not have died. Huh? Conditional. Conditional. Different plan than what Jesus had. But Jesus, we sent the word. We told you the plan. You missed it. Huh? That's what she said. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou ask of God, he'll do it. And, you know, she's trying to be spiritual about it. And Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, Oh, yeah, I believe that. For I believe in the resurrection. Jesus said, um, have you ever thought about it? That I am the resurrection. Huh? <laughs> You're waiting on something that's already there. Looking for something that's going to get there, but not yet. But he said, I'm here. This is it. I'm here. <laughs> and he said, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life and he that believeth in me. Everybody say, believeth, believeth. in me. Believeth. How many really believe in Jesus this morning? This, this, is, this is serious, folks. This is serious, folks. This is really serious stuff. What do you believe? And he said, though he were dead, yet shall he lives. Boy, that's a bad message to show at the funeral, isn't it? <laughs> that's a, said, don't pay attention about what you see. Just believe what I'm telling you. He's not dead. He's fixing to come up. Wouldn't that change things? Huh? If I were to ask for a show, in fact, I, I have my car emptied. I came prepared this morning to haul a few with me. We may go to the cemetery this morning and start raising the dead. How many would like to go? <laughs> well, I see I, I got enough room. <laughs> Let's see what happens in this story. And she said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, and which shall come into the world. Now, this, this, this next verse, if you've got a pencil, draw your line under this one because it's important. Verse 28, And when she has so said, she went her way. Did you get that? She went her way. She went her way. Just hold that. Don't, don't lose it. Keep your finger on that one verse right there. And she went her way and called Mary, the unspiritual one. You know who that is. 
her sister secretly saying, I like to use that word secretly. I, if you want to draw a line on that. Secretly. It's funny what we say secretly sometimes. It's the arrangements that are worked out secretly. Huh? Where did you hear that? I said it secretly. You know, we used to have testimony services. You remember those? <laughs> you know, I used to have them and I quit having them. You know why? People, you get, you'd get a community report. That's all it was. I'm telling you what, I love the Lord, but I'm going to tell you what I saw this week. And off we'd go on a tangent about something. And you wonder what in the world is going on. And you begin to th try. We give a report to people whether they're sick, well, or, or dying or whatever. And after a while, I said, I'm tired of hearing about all this. I used to have a fellow in the church. I better be careful. Some folks here might still remember some of those things. <laughs> there was one guy in the church. Every testimony service was about every drunk he'd ever pulled between here in Dallas. <laughs> I'd get so sick and tired. I'd get dizzy. Listen, I knew what, every time we'd have a new visitor in the church, he had to all testify. I knew exactly what he was going to say. He was going to tell us about that drunk he had going to Marietta. I'd get drunk listening to him. <laughs> there was a fellow in the church. Uh, Herschel Lee and Herschel used to say, said, oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> We're going to have a time this morning. <laughs> We're going to have one more, one more to tie on to. <laughs> and it, then we'd hear that story. And I, it was, it was the same story over and over again. Don't you get tired of hearing that secret stuff? <laughs> what God has forgiven and forgotten and get rid of, quit talking about and quit bragging on the devil. Let's let that stuff go, okay? I don't know why I said that. I didn't have that in, even in the board of my book here. But anyway, it's always good. Well, let me tell you this. They went and told Mary that Jesus was out there and he wants to see you. So here comes Mary, verse 32. And when Mary come where Jesus was, you remember what Martha did when she came? She told the Lord right fast, if thou hadst have been here, my brother would not have died. That was the first words out of her mouth when Jesus, when she got to where Jesus was. She told him. Yes, she did. And Mary comes out and when Jesus, and saw him, she fell down at his feet. And saying unto him, can you, can you imagine any more humble situation? any more surrendered condition, any more willing to be obedient to the Lord than to fall down at his feet. For this is the Mary that took the hairs of her head and wiped the feet of Jesus. Oh, she loved the Lord with all of her heart. There was no animosity, no regret, no bitterness, no sorrow, no nothing in her heart that was against the Lord. She wanted to love him. She fell down at his feet and begin to worship him. Oh, isn't it wonderful when you can look past all the bad stuff? All the bad stuff. Huh? I don't like to hear about bad stuff, do you? I don't like to hear a song that's got bad stuff in it. I like, I like good stuff. I like peace. I like glory. I like the anointing. I like the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. Are you with me? 
And she fell down his feet. Now, now we're fixing to find out what they said secretly. You know, everything is not secret. You think you got it in secret? It won't. It'll come out. It will come out eventually. And this is Martha has already told the Lord or told Mary what to say when you see the Lord. And this is what she said. Lord, if thou hadst have been here, my brother had not have died. You know, sometimes we have influence, but it's the wrong kind of influence. We warn people, we challenge people, but I'm going to tell you what, sometimes we might lead them down a false path if you don't trust the Lord. So, well, I don't know. I'm trying to listen to what, what God is saying. I'm not for sure if that's what the Lord wants or not. I'm, I've got another opinion. I don't care. They don't make any difference. And Jesus listened to her. He didn't rebuke her. He didn't say anything. He asked one question. He said, where have you laid him? You know, some of us have got things that we should have got rid of a long time. It's not a big thing, not a big deal, but we should have got rid of it. And we have. We've laid it on the altar many times. But if we get in a bind and get a little cooler in our soul, we'll go back and dig it up. Well, this is, this is my problem. This is my weakness. This is my struggle. Jesus said, where did you leave the dead man at? Some things we need to leave buried when we get, get, get rid of it. We need to lay it aside. We need to leave it alone. We need to leave it there. Amen. Huh? Yeah. Some things people like to get off of their chest. As a pastor, and I, and I have to be that, I have to be that way. I have to stand and listen sometimes, and I don't want to. <laughs> Some of them stories, you'd be surprised from stories I've heard. And I'll just sit, I don't even tell my wife. It, it depressed her, so I just sat there and listened. When they get through, they'll say, well, what do you think? I said, I think you should have left it alone. You should have left that thing alone. I don't care. You said you got victory over it. Leave it alone. Let it die. Yeah. Let it go over there. Leave it alone and leave it and walk, walk without it. You said, yeah, but somebody's always reminding me. I don't care. It's the devil probably reminding you yeah. what God has forgiven Back right after I got saved, I was 19 years old, and I'd really tried to serve the Lord, and I wanted to, and I was trying my best. And one day I found out I was doing something that I should not have been doing. And I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me again? And if I ever heard the voice of God, he was as clear as I heard it. He says, what is again? I said, you know, you know you're forgiven. He said, No. If I have forgiven, I have forgot it. It's gone, huh? It's no longer a part of it. You're no longer a part of it. It's no longer a part of your life. Forget it. Leave it alone. Quit going back and digging up bones and talking about things that should have been left alone. It's almost like I ought to write a song about that. <laughs> Some things we need to leave alone, don't we? Yes, huh? 
Or, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I know nobody here is guilty, but anyway, I'm saying it because you need to tell somebody about it. Things we need to leave alone when you bury it. Well, let's get back to the story. And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Come and see. That's good. The shortest verse in the Bible right, is right there. Verse 35, the scripture says, Jesus wept. I don't think he's weeping over Lazarus. He was weeping over the unbelief upon how people could not get it in their heart that the miracle was standing before them that all they needed was right, woo, was right there. They didn't wait for it to, he was there then. He had already explained that to Martha that he was the resurrection. And Jesus said, why didn't you get the message? Why didn't you get the message? And then some of the Jews said, oh, he must have sure loved him. He's weeping now too. You know, I think we make the Lord weep sometimes over our, our failure, our lack of faith, our lack of obedience to his word, his spirit. We just stutter, we stagger and stumble and fall down over things the Lord has made so clear to us. And they said this, you know, I, I think we all try to have a little bit of spirituality once in a while. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even Jesus, even this man should not have died. He didn't have to die. If Jesus had been there on time, he wouldn't have had to die. Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, come to the grave, and it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. I'm going to tell you something about the miracles of God. If you're standing around thinking, well, I'm waiting on Jesus to show up to give me a miracle, I'm going to give you a little doctrinal stamina, a little shot in the arm right now. If you pray for God to do something, you get up, you put all the faith that you can put on, and you set out to make that very thing happen that you just prayed about. You get in motion, get your feet moving, get your hands moving, get on the line, because God's not going to do anything until he sees faith at work in us. You start moving, and he'll start working. You can stand there until the sun sets and say, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. But you don't believe God until you start doing something toward your faith. Are you with me? Okay, I'm trying to bring this thing around where you can, I, I'm simple-minded. I'm trying to make it where I can even understand it. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord wants to do a lot more, but he wants us involved. Huh? He wants us to do something. Jesus was sitting there, and he, and he said to them, if you guys want to see something happen here today, then you're going to have to take away the stone. Who is he talking to? Hasn't he got enough power to move stones? Doesn't he have enough power to create a real miracle? 
does he, doesn't he have enough power to shake that world that needs to be shook? Huh? Does he, don't he have that kind? Why do we have to wait on him when he's waiting on us? That's what he's doing. That's what he's doing right now. He said, it's all right, folks. Take ye away the stone. I'd like to see a miracle in you. Amen. Huh? You know when a miracle happens? When you're in motion. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was reading this text. And I remember back years ago, one night right after service, we had a little girl at church. I may have told you this story, but you know, I'll tell it again. And uh, she, when she was born, she was born deformed. Her, her foot, I believe it was her left foot, was shorter than her right foot, about three inches. So she had to have a special built pair of shoes so that she could kind of halfway walk straight. And it was difficult. Her name was Lisa. And a lot of times after service, well, or during the service, Lisa would say, pray for me. I knew pretty well what it was. Her leg, that was a deformed leg. It was hurting her. And she wanted us to pray for her. And so we would pray for her. And then one night, it, we were fixing to leave. Everybody left, most everybody, just a few. And Lisa come up. She said, Pastor, would you pray for my leg? It's, it's just killing me. And I need, I need the Lord to touch it tonight. And I said, sure, Lisa. And I grabbed the chair. I had a chair. And I just said, sit down. And Lisa, she sat down in it. And I knelt down there before. I said, now, Lisa, I'm going to pray for you. But we've done this, but we'll do it again. And I picked up, I picked up the heels of her shoes like this. And I said, Heavenly Father, Lisa's been hurting. And I just pray that you would lay your hand upon Lisa. And Lord, take this pain in Jesus' name. When I said that, that suddenly that left leg just grew out there to the length of the other leg, three inches there while I was watching it. Those that stand around watch the same thing. And there she was, that leg. Now that shoe's built it up too high. She stood up and it was too much. She pulled off her shoes, stood there barefooted and walked just as straight as anybody. She said, I've never in my life ever felt what it felt like. Well, she went home that night barefooted. She came back to church. She had a brand new store-bought shoes. She had bought herself at a store and she was walking around and she, now this don't sound very much, but she was so excited she just wanted to walk around all over church. Just walking around. She wanted everybody to know what God had done for her. You said, can God, he can do that. He can. Is there anything impossible? If thou wouldest believe. Are you with me? Okay, we're going to look at it in just a minute here. Take away the stone. Somebody's going to have to get your hand on the stone. Can I tell you rolling stones is hard? It requires all of the muscle that you got sometimes. Rolling stones. I know a little bit about rolling stones. I've had to do things physically. We were building the church in Little Rock, Arkansas. It was a big church. We'd outgrown the small church. We was having to build one seat 350. We was putting slabs down, 40 by 50 slabs at a time. And we poured one day in this high humidity. And uh, about three or four o'clock, I could see we was not going to get that slab finished out that day. It just wasn't setting up. And so about five o'clock, everybody got up, 
got in their cars and left. And there I stood with a 40 by 50 foot slab to finish. But the good thing about it, it was setting up slow. I went to work on that slab a little bit at a time. I had knee crawlers. I'd go around over that slab, finishing that one over there, get over there, start setting up, and I'd go over and do that. And the next morning at 8 o'clock, I just crawled off of the slab. I just finished. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I thought during the night. <laughs> no one knows what I thought. Sometimes I think it's almost got out. But I'm out there wondering why I'm alone finishing that slab. But I'm going to tell you, rolling the stone has never been easy. Are you with me? I never said anything to those guys. I never said a word. They came back to work at 8 o'clock. I said, if you guys would just go ahead and get ready, start setting up for the next run. I'm going to run home. I'm going to eat a little breakfast, and I'll be right back. And I did, and we did, and we finished it. Let me tell you sometimes, some jobs are not easy. They're not physically easy. They're not even spiritual easy. Some things you do because you got to do it. Not because it's so blessed and you're sitting under the spout where the glory comes. You're standing by yourself. It's lonely. It's lonely. I was telling my wife last Christmas, I, we was talking about Christmas. It was kind of a strange Christmas this year, seemed like. But anyway, I remember I was in missions and I was in another country on Christmas morning. It's a lonely feeling. I wasn't with my family. I was, I was by myself in a, in a hotel room. And I woke up, and the Bible's laying a stand right there by me, and I just opened it up. It just fell open there in Matthew, where it says, Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you said, did you get it? I got it. Yeah. He was with me that morning. Yeah. I was sitting there, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thought I was alone, but I'm not. You're with me right here in this room for the glory and the praise and the blessings of your name. I got to hurry. Jesus said this, and this is what I've, I've, I've believed, the center of this whole message. He said, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. See, you remember what Martha said earlier? Jesus said, this is it. This is for the glory of God. Church, listen, there's some things going to happen sometimes. It's difficult. Can I give you a little prophecy? You don't have to tell anybody where it came from. This is what I've been feeling in my heart. The year 2023 and 2024 are going to be some of the hardest years for the church. There's things that are going to happen. There's things that are going to be going on that we will not know how to deal with. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that tonight, but let me tell you what, there is a falling away like you would not believe. Huh? There is a falling away, believe me. It's not just in the assemblies of God, it's across the world. Huh? I do have some other...
communications and some other contacts, and I'm finding out this is not an American problem. It's across the world today. People are giving up and turning back and not taking on the responsibility and the power of God in their lives. Stay with me. Jesus says this, and when they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, Jesus lifted up his eyes. And he said, Father, thank thee that thou hast heard me. Aren't you glad that even the Father's listening? Someone asked me, I, I, I don't know how to answer this. Someone asked me, he said, uh, do you believe that when a person dies, they're a godly person, they look back and they can see what's going on down here on this earth? I honestly do not believe that. There'd be too many depressing things bothering them up there if they could. I don't believe that they can see us in our dilemma, our confusion, our disappointments. I don't believe that people in heaven can do that. They might be praying for us, but I don't believe they can see us in our dilemma. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Jesus is sent. And then the scripture says the Lord does something. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Only Lazarus came forth. Now when Lazarus came forth, this right here is, this part of it does not make any sense. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Oh, that dead man had time. He had a hard time to get there. Jesus saw him coming. And he said, folks, I could do it, but you do it. You loose him. You loose him and set him free. Huh? You don't know who God's going to send your way. You don't know who's going to come up on your step your house. You don't know who's going to call you by mistake on the phone. Here a while back, back in the summer, I told my wife, I said, you know, we, we don't, we're not preaching regular anymore. And I said, I prayed one morning, I'd go out on my, car, out on my porch early in the morning. Now, you can believe what you want to about this, but I drink a cup of coffee every morning about six o'clock. I sit out there on, the mor on there and watch people go into work. It's, I like to watch people go to work. Bless them, Lord. Keep, keep your hand. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I wouldn't mind going to work. I enjoy, I like work. I think it's an honorable thing to do. And I said, I, I can't go. There's a lot of things I can't do. But I said, Lord, if you will, send them to me. Don't ever pray that prayer unless you really mean it. I mean, people started coming to my house selling Tupperware, 
washing machines. Politicians come by. I stayed busy all day praying and talking to them. Listen, everybody needs a little prayer. Did you know that? Everybody needs a little prayer. I said, what's your problem? What are you dealing with? I found out that there's people that you would not believe has got big problems. They have responsible positions, but they got problems. And I began to pray for them. I would pray and they'd leave. And about that time, here would come another guy. Do you need your house real? I sat down before we talk about the roof. Let me talk to you. And I started talking to him. And it wouldn't be long though we would be praying over his situation. And he'd get up and leave and forgot to ask me about my roof. <laughs> God will send them to you if you'll let him. Amen. And you'll have to loose them. Yeah. You'll have to turn them. You'll have to unwrap them. You'll have to take the burial clothes off of them and you'll have to help them to rejoin the world of the living. Amen. There's a bunch of them out there. A bunch out there. Yeah. I won't read any more of the text. A lot of them didn't understand it. In fact, so many of them that was at that meeting and saw Lazarus coming out of the grave. They went back to town and told them what was happening and they got a posse together. You know, some people could see a miracle and it's not going to change anything. Some people could witness God doing a miraculous thing. It's not going to change a thing in the world, in their mind and their faith. But I'm going to tell you, God's still God. And He's still able. Heavenly Father, I've said everything I know to say. I've done everything I know to do. I've laid it now on this altar. And I don't know who's in this service. I don't know the needs this morning, but God, you do. And I'm asking you by your strength, your power, your mercy, and your grace to extend your hand out across this congregation. Touch every heart, touch every life, touch every home, touch every situation. And God, give us your mind and your will and your leading. Today, we ask it in Jesus' name. If you need something from the Lord, I can't give it, but God can. And you need prayer, I want to pray with you. I'm going to bind the powers of hell that would try to destroy your life, your home, your future. He will try to destroy anything about you. But I'm here to tell you that my God's able to break every shackle and every power and every force. If you need prayer, I want to pray with you. This is prayer time. You say, well, I'm not where I ought to be. God wants to bring you right to where you ought to be. He wants to change everything about us, make it what it needs to be. He's the Lord. He's the Redeemer. Amen? Sometimes Feel free to come. I'll pray with you. I'm here to pray. I'm here to minister to anyone. Anyone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's stand together. I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. We're going to pray for those that need that somewhere or another. If they're not here, God will bring them to your door tomorrow. Remember that. When you see it happening, you'll say, oh, I, was, I was warned that it would happen. Heavenly Father, I pray as we leave this room today, that we will carry the vision and the burden and the purpose of our life. It's to minister the Word of God. It's to break the shackles upon those that are bound today and to bring forth the Lord the power of the resurrection in every life. God uses today, tomorrow, and tomorrow, whenever the time may come, that we will be willing and be able 
go with us in peace. Let the power and the grace of God fill our hearts today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Tell somebody you're good to see you in the house of God. I hope I don't see you in jail, but if I do, I'll pray for you. What you doing, babe? Good to see you guys. Where you come from, huh? Uh, <laughs> you doing up? Oh, good to see you guys. Bless your heart.